Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. I'd like to welcome back Sam Brenner, who walked us through the 2020 census results and will now give us hot takes on the 2022 midterms and beyond. Sam, welcome back. First question, Virginia. Youngkin wins. Some blame it on CRT. Others blame it on COVID. Others say Democrats should have moved up the uh, infrastructure bill that uh, passed a week later than the election to, to boost up the numbers. So what went wrong? Um, I mean, I think it's... Like, I think multiple realities can exist at once, and it's dangerous to say that, like, it was just CRT or it was just the infrastructure bill. You know, as in our discussions we've talked, I don't really believe in the concept of swing voters the way kind of the media prescribes them. Like, of course, there are voters who kind of switch from election to election based on the candidates, but I don't think that they have as strong of a an effect on elections as, you know, people think. I think what happened was, you know, Democrats were not enthused because, you know, under Biden has low approval ratings. A lot of people were despondent about that. And Republicans were excited. They had something to vote against. You know, like, it's really, really easy to vote against something. Look at every midterm ever. Like, parties typically get their most successful results when they're voting against something, not for something. Um, So I just think that, you know, Republicans were really revved up. I'm sure that and the infrastructure bill win would have certainly given Democrats the boost that they might have needed. Could it have helped McAuliffe win? I don't know. Um, I think it certainly would have helped. But I think that it's just more evidence that, you know, we are going to see a red wave in the next election year because, you know, Republicans are largely excited and they're, they don't like Biden and they're going to go vote no matter what happens. And, you know, Democrats really don't care because, you know, things aren't perfect all of a sudden because, you know, Things can't just immediately be perfect as soon as Biden becomes president. But, you know, people think that everything's either fine now and there's no need to worry about voting or, you know, people are just not really caring enough. So is the solution more turnout? Is is that going to help? Is running ads, is voter registration drives, is... Would it help at all? No, I, I completely disagree with that, actually. Like, we saw in 2021 had the highest turnout of any Virginia governor's race ever. And that didn't help Democrats. It helped Republicans. I also don't believe that, you know, turnout, like, this whole higher turnout theory helps Democrats. That's not true. We look, Just look at 2020. 2020 right. had the highest turnout of any election, I think, since, like, 1908 or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but it's been, like, over 100 years. Trump almost won. Like, yeah. he only came 65,000 votes in three states away from getting reelected president. He only, he received 74 million votes. It's the second most of any candidate running for president ever. Right. So I don't think that it's necessarily a turnout thing. I think it's just, you know, when you look at the turnout, that makeup is just going to be more Republican because Republicans are going to get higher turnout among their own people because, you know, they don't like Biden and they're going to take that out in their vote. It's not about just critical race theory. It's not about education in schools. It's no. not about COVID. It's not about, it's all these things put together. No, it's it's really, it's fundamentally Republicans are angry. It's a pendulum it's, swinging back. Yes, it's the pendulum swinging back, basically. It's how, how, it's basically, in the most basic sense, it's how Democrats felt four years ago. Because, you know, from a point of a Democrat, you're like, well, how can anyone view Biden worse than we viewed Trump? Well, you know, like, 
for someone who does like Trump, Biden is the fundamental opposition to everything Trump stood for, Mm -hmm. which, you know, me being a Democrat means that means decency and respect for our institutions. But, you know, like, again, Republicans are are angry and they they feel that, you know, they don't like the way Washington is going. Democrats largely don't care because we got Biden in office, so everything should be good now. Right. Like, that's just kind of how it works. Republicans in 2018, you know, without Trump on the ballot to, um, to you know, fire Republicans up, a lot of Republicans didn't really feel the need to vote. They got their guy in, like they thought Trump was doing a good job. So they didn't feel the need to, you know, show up and vote for, for Republicans in the midterms. There's no explaining of, of critical race theory. There's no bill that can pass. There's no No, I don't think there's that nothing. there's really anything that... I don't think there's any people who, you know, narrowly voted for Biden who actually believe that critical race theory is a serious issue plaguing our country. No, I don't believe that. So really it's just a game of driving on to people who don't vote. Yes, I think critical race theory was an excellent dog whistle on the part of Republicans to, you know, get people excited. That's what Republicans are doing. Like critical race theory, all these like these culture war issues that Republicans are pushing, they understand that it's not gonna bring them back voters that they lost to to Clinton and Biden um, in in years prior. I don't think that's a tremendous amount of voters, but you know, we did see some shifts among like higher educated voters from Republicans towards Democrats, but critical race theory is not going to bring that back. You know, standing like banning trans people from participating in sports isn't going to bring those voters back. Those voters are fundamentally socially progressive, highly educated individuals who understand that these are not actual issues plaguing our country. What this is doing is it's firing up you know, kind of the more white working class voters who are we're seeing increasingly move towards Republicans to go vote. Does that include Hispanic working class and on the uh, with the border of Mexico with uh, Texas? Does that include those voters? I'm I'm inclined to say yes because you know what we did see is that you know like a lot of these voters, especially like rural Hispanic working class voters, are staunchly Catholic and culturally conservative. And you know the Democratic Party had a tremendous political machine operating in South Texas up until recently, but you know. Once people actually started kind of voting along their ideological lines, that really shifted. So we haven't really seen a major test of that yet. The midterms will be a phenomenal example because Democrats appear to be putting up a serious candidate for the governor of Texas. So what was that? Uh, Democrats will, um, are probably going to put up Beto O'Rourke for, for governor of Texas. So w- we will see if, you know, we see some reversion. Do we see reversion back to what we saw, you know, during the Clinton era? I think that's highly unlikely. Do we see maybe some minor reversion? I don't know. Does it continue to go towards Republicans? We'll see what happens. Well, in New Jersey, that was incredibly close. Well, and uh, the Senate, I believe the Senate president, who Democrat, got taken out by a truck driver who spent under two thousand dollars on his own cam- on his own campaign. Um, so New Jersey, so, also another another interesting one. We do have to understand the precedent that Phil Murphy is the first Democratic governor to get reelected in forty years. Well, that's also so because everyone, every other governor resigned or died or some, you know. Yes, but you know, they're like in like New Jersey has not typically been nice towards their incumbents. Even Republican governors typically struggled to win reelection. Um, Chris Christie in two thousand um, two thousand thirteen, sorry, was an anomaly when he actually won by more, but. You know, Meg Whitman was another one who barely scraped by. Right. First of all, we do have to recognize that New Jersey does not like their politicians and they like to sack them. Um, but also, you know, like partisanship is a thing. I, I'm not sure, but I believe Trump actually carried um, that Senate president's um, Senate district. And, you know, again, Republicans in New Jersey were the people who showed up. Democrats 
And New Jersey's a bluer state, but it's not all that much bluer than Virginia. You know, um, I think Biden won by 16 or 17 and Biden won Virginia by 10. That's not that much of a difference. Um, and again, Republicans were the ones who showed up because they were angry. So I just want to talk about um, some of the ballot initiatives that failed. For instance, defund the police in Minneapolis that overwhelmingly failed, even though that had the support of many white progressives. And we, we were first talking about Hispanic voters. What about black voters? A part of Georgia and what we called Doug Jones to win that surprise special election in 2017 was the turnout of black women. So you're saying the key to any sort of win is turning out the people who don't usually vote, the people who aren't as inclined to vote. What happens with black voters? Well, basically, so here's here's the thing, you know, I don't think that it's about, you know, turning out people who don't traditionally vote. I just think it's about, you know, a lot of the Democratic voting base is either despondent or doesn't care. And, you know, they will they will definitely care in 2024 when there's a Republican on the ballot. That's why, like, I think that it's very important to kind of mark this difference between, you know, like, Democrats are very likely to lose control of Congress in 2022, but Biden is not by any means a lame duck president. Well, again, that will depend on whether or not he chooses to run again, but Democratic prospects in 2024 are not as gloomy because, you know, then Democrats will have something much more like substantial to come out and vote for. It's not people who don't usually vote. It's just people that, you know, they're not as excited, you know, because people want to be excited about something. Um, and again, to your issue about um, black voters is, you know, Democrats are losing ground uh, with black voters, but that's not really, that's not really like a shock. Democrats have historically enjoyed such high support among black voters, typically north of 90%, um, almost always really north of 90%. And I think what we're seeing is that Democrats really can't grow anymore with black voters just because, you know, you can't really get more than 100% of the vote of people. So, and then some black men specifically are starting to move more towards Republicans based on, you know, kind of more culturally conservative um, aspects. But it's something like to fund the police, which is mostly based on a small section of Twitter, particularly white progressive Twitter, is stuff like, is stuff like that hurting Democrats' chances with black voters who are more, more to the right than many of the white progressives? I don't think that, you know, the concept of police reform is unpopular with people. I just think the issue is defund the police is a very, like, broad and scary term that is basically shrinks down a much larger issue into one quick-fix solution. And if we learned anything about living in America is that quick-fix solutions don't work. A lot of black communities, especially in Minneapolis, um, where basically there's a pretty strong correlation between crime and like the blackest communities a lot of like black families in minneapolis you know they don't want to lose some of their police presence because they want less crime you could interview like 10 black voters and pretty much all of them would say the police needs reform we need to get rid of this institutional racism in police and we need to start you know kind of thinking about not everything needs a violent resolution we don't need to be sending the police to everything you know sometimes the, the, the emergency is truly mental health, and we need to have professionals who actually know how to deal with mental health issues instead of a person with a gun who's just trained to shoot people. Mm-hmm. So about kind of your question about defund the police, like it's not necessarily going to hurt Democrats all that much. It might, again, everything really I think is on the margins because as we've kind of discussed, I don't really believe that you know a lot of people are going to switch their vote in this hyper-polarized world just based on, you know, like a catchy slogan that no that everyone knows will never get enacted. So let's turn to the Republican Party. 
Will Kevin McCarthy be speaker? Absolutely. Will Mr. McConnell be majority leader? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Will they try to impeach Biden? They will not. <sighs> Which... I, would, I would not be shocked if McCarthy talks about it and potentially opens an impeachment inquiry, but McConnell would not allow it. And that's why I don't believe it would happen. But will McConnell block pretty much any other nominee by inch? Oh, yes. If Republicans win the Senate in 2022, which they will, Biden will essentially lose his opportunity to appoint really any people to the court. I'm going to run down some Republican names in the primaries. I want, I want, I want to see if they're going to win. Josh Mandel, Ohio. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins. I think he is definitely not the favorite at this point. Wait, um, who is? I think J.D. Vance is actually a pretty strong favorite at this point. Josh Mandel... You know, he's very much overcompensating right now for the fact that he is, he's been in Ohio politics a long time and he's viewed as inauthentic. Um, and while J.D. Vance is not by any means authentic, he's literally a multi-billionaire who wrote Back about— Backed by Peter Thiel. Yeah, um, who basically <laughs> thinks he knows everything about working-class Appalachia. You know, people buy into that a little bit more because Josh Mandel's been around Ohio politics forever and he was not this extreme and no one's buying it. So, But they're going to be Tim Ryan. Yes, whoever it is will be Tim Ryan. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Um, I mean, I'm still interested to see if he can make it past the primary. I think he's definitely the favorite, but um, we'll see what happens. Although I do think if he's the nominee, just pure partisanship in 2022 will um, could get him over the finish line. Although we never know because in 2021 in the Virginia and New Jersey election night, one thing that was really overshadowed is in my home state of Georgia, Democrats actually flipped a bunch of suburban mayorships um, in the Atlanta area. They actually like gained seats from Republicans. So it'll be interesting to see if Georgia actually kind of bucks the national trend because, you know, we kind of do see states that buck the national trend um, in in wave years, Florida in 2018 being a, a great example. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that one, too. Sean Parnell, Pennsylvania. I have my strong doubts that Sean Parnell will be the candidate. Um, I think the GOP understands that he is fundamentally unelectable and will go with someone else, and that person will likely win. Dr. Oz? I don't know. I have to see if he actually runs first. Is there an underdog in, in either Republican or Democratic in the Senate you think will or you think might win? I don't know. It's pretty tough. A lot of the Senate races are going to be pretty set in 2022 just because, you know, again, the partisanship is going to be pretty set. Um, but I don't know. I think I think the state that could really go either way, like, is Arizona. So I would say that, you know, Mark Kelly is an underdog right now, but I wouldn't be shocked if he wins. Same thing with Georgia. Warnock is another one who I would absolutely would say without a doubt is an underdog, but I would not be shocked if he wins either. What about Liz Cheney? What about her? Is she done? Oh, yes. She's going to lose her primary. And I think that it will actually be good for Democrats that she does. What about Murkowski? Oh, Murkowski will win re-election because, because she, she has the backing of the Senate Republican um, campaign arm. Well, she also won the writing campaign in 2010. Yes, but she also this time has the support of the Republican Party. So she will absolutely, without a doubt, win. Are there any vulnerable incumbent Republicans? Any other major ones? Um, the only vulnerable incumbent Republicans are ones in the House who are getting drawn into Democratic seats. Um, but in the Senate and governorships, there are really no vulnerable Republicans. The Democrats will get the chance to flip a governorship, um, but it's just because Larry Hogan won't be running again, so Democrats will be flipping Maryland. What's the best case scenario for pro-democracy? Uh, Democrats winning in 2024 and taking back the House. 
because the Senate the Senate is gone for a long time, um, but Democrats could very reasonably hold the presidency and win back the House in twenty twenty four. So we'll see what happens. Who's going to be the president in twenty twenty four? Yeah, I'm becoming increasingly confident that Biden's going to run again. Really? Because I I'm a fundamental believer in incumbency theory. I think people like what they what they know, um, even if the incumbent isn't necessarily a good president. You know. We have a very strong trend for incumbents um, in America. Incumbents almost always get reelected. In the past 100 years, or not past 100 years, past 50 years, only three incumbents have lost, and pretty much all of them have lost by winnable margins. Carter, um, Carter was kind of the one exception where he got blown out of the water, but that was also 40 years ago. Bush could have reasonably won in 92, and you know Trump, who was arguably one of the most polarizing presidents of all time, who you know, if you're kind of coming from a moderate or liberal um, perspective, was just an absolute disaster of a president, still came 65 votes in three states away from getting reelected. So I think people like trust in incumbency, and I think that's going to do a world of wonder for Biden. If you're the head Democratic Party right now, like you have total control of what they did in Congress, presidency, blah, 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 what would you do? I would just focus on winning the redistricting war, try to challenge as many Republican maps in court, as possible try to pass as many gerrymandered democratic maps as possible because uh, it's really the house the house you know we're not going to see another 2010 where republicans flip 60 seats um just because you know the how the lines are being redrawn now so a lot of the seats that were swingy seats will now be very safe for each party um the example i always cite is in texas where colin allred and lizzie fletcher used to represent swing seats but now they're getting drawn into very safe seats to protect the republican incumbents um, so I think that Republicans will pro- a good year for Republicans would probably be like a twenty seat flip, um, which like it definitely be a hefty victory in these polarized times, but but not the end of the world. Sam Browner, anything anything you want our viewers to know? Vote in 2022-2024, local elections and stuff. It's important. Sam Browner, thank you so much. Thank you. that concludes this episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zero's Talk Politics, and on Twitter at Gen Zero's Talk Poly, with an I, and add or email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.